Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Susan Rocco, and I am here at WFYL 1180 every Saturday, sitting down with some wonderful women from the Philadelphia area who are doing some great things. Uh, If you're listening and you would like to become a guest on the show or you have any questions for any of my past guests, please feel free to call me at 215-313-5561 or email me at srocco233 at gmail. This afternoon, we have a great guest uh, in the studio, and and hopefully, on a personal level for me, I'm looking to become inspired to finally get myself um, up and out and, and doing some exercise, which is well needed. I'd like to introduce everyone to Marcy Gialdo, uh, endurance training coach. Hi. Good, good morning, and welcome to the studio. Thanks. Great to be here. Um, I was thrilled when uh, Jean reached out to me and introduced us uh, and told me all the great things that you're doing. Um, So very happy to have you here today. And I wanted to start out by asking you to to talk a little bit about your years growing up in Vernon, New Jersey. Sure. I grew up um, in very northwest New Jersey, a town called Vernon, very small, very rural, um, past dairy farms on the way to school every day. So uh, not what people typically think when they think about New Jersey. And I grew up, I'm the second of four girls, so I have three sisters. Okay. And um, really had a, a pretty idyllic childhood where we um, were outside a lot. We played a lot. There were lakes uh, in our community, so we swam. Um, we skied. It's in mountains. So there's just a lot of nature, a lot of outdoors in my childhood. So always very active. Always very active, outside playing, um, climbing trees, making forts, all all this. Good, clean fun. Good, clean fun. <laughs> a lot of clean fun. You know, when you're a teenager, it becomes boring. <laughs> right, right. But uh, it's it was really a great way to grow up and, and really be active on a, on a regular basis. And, and how about mom and dad? Were they active as well? They were. Um, nothing organized, um, but my mom would take us to the beach growing up every day. I remember in the summer, every day going to the beach with her. Um, and my dad, we would, I remember going bike riding and, and hiking and doing walks with them. So I wouldn't say that there was a, um, you know, a push to be active or, or any organized sports for my parents, but mm-hmm. I do remember being out and about with them a lot. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So tell me about your um, school years. Uh, where did you go to high school? I went to Vernon Township High School. Mm-hmm. There was really kind of one track in my town. <laughs> so there was <laughs> maybe two different elementaries, and that fed a middle school, and that fed a high school. So right. I went to high school there. And um, while I was in school, I I was athletic. I, I swam. I've been swimming since I was uh, probably like six or seven years old. Okay. Um, and so I was a part of the swim team there, and I played tennis there. Um, I had a good time in high school. Um, Again, it's the same kids that you grew up with for 12 years or so or more. Um, so it was pretty close-knit high school. Yeah. T- where is Mount Vernon? I'm not... It's actually just Vernon. So I'm Ma- sorry. Not that's Mount okay. Ver- Mount yeah. Vernon is a whole other place. Mount Vernon is another place. <laughs> so if you... Um, it's actually on the New York State border. So if you go all the way up to... Um, let's say Route 80, where it would go into New York City, you mm-hmm. would go about another 20 miles north of oh, there. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, way up there. Way up there, yep. But right near the beach. <laughs> it's near lakes. So late, um, so I lived in a lake community called Highland Lakes. Okay. So there was about five um, lakes in our, in our community. Okay. So did you have any jobs, part-time jobs, while you were in high school? I did. Um, I was a lifeguard, mostly summer jobs, not so much during the school year my parents didn't really want us working Mm -hmm. Um, but in the summertime it was you know everybody really wanted to become a lifeguard at the beach and then I started coaching the swim team and um, you know things that I could actually ride my bike or walk to because it's the other thing is it really spread out so there's not um, a whole lot that you can get to there's nothing like mass transit so it's um, where you could ride your bike or where you could walk or run is where you could where you could work (laughs) so everybody was competing for the same job yeah (laughs) but it was great because it was your friends and there's actually a great summer population that would come up and have summer homes there so I would have an influx of friends from New York or 
um, Central Jersey come up, and so these were my summer friends, and we would, you know, lifeguard together, and so it was it was work, but it was fun. Yeah, it sounds like great summers. It was. It really was. So now, uh, when you were a senior, and you had mm-hmm. to start thinking about, you know, where you were going to go to school and what you were going to study, what were some of the thoughts that you were um, yeah. thinking about? Yeah, I actually wanted to study marine science, so uh, I was looking at a lot of different colleges. Um, I looked at University of Southern California. I looked at Jacksonville down in Florida, um, one of the campuses of LIU. And then right before I decided, Rutgers University in New Jersey opened up an Institute of Marine and Coastal Sciences. Great. And um, they had a very prestigious um, professor open up the, the institute. And when I messaged and said I was interested, he personally invited me and said, come take a look. Mm-hmm. So I figured with that kind of access to somebody of his stature, um, this might be a great place for me. And it really was. Yeah. So that ended up being my minor when I went to college and I attended Rutgers and graduated from there. Okay. And how, what were some of the other activities you were involved in in college? So in college, I actually got into teaching aerobics. So that was... Um, That was probably the main thing that I did. I ended up with a shoulder injury at the end of my high school swimming career. And after swimming for so long, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. And then I injured my shoulder, and then it was a whole other take on, wait, I mean, I can't do this anymore. How did you injure your shoulder? <laughs> um, overuse. So, wow. Yeah. Um, shoulder injuries are fairly common with swimmers, and it's similar to... Um, baseball players and throwing injuries so it's just a repetitive motion repetitive yep. right right um it's something i still work on today um and from time to time have to see a physical therapist to get back on track mm-hmm. um but so swimming was out for me um first by i thought by choice <laughs> and then by injury <laughs> for sure fate i guess i guess yes um i'm sure it was and then um i i got into aerobics and then a little bit more into weightlifting while i was in when I was in college. So I didn't do any organized sports. Um, you know, maybe we played some intramurals, some silly things, but nothing, um, nothing too intense in college. Right. But towards the end of college, I decided that I wanted to start running because the most fit people I ever knew were runners. Yes, it does seem to be that way. It does. And um, running was painful for me. It was something I never enjoyed. Um, and I did it as a Uh, a discipline to, to see if that would be something that I could grow to enjoy while right. becoming really fit. Right. And that, you know, discipline is something I really wanted to talk to you about because mm-hmm. I think so much of um, what keeps people who are active active is that discipline to, to do it. Um, I think, and running is, is the monotony of it. It's, it's very monotonous. So it's mm-hmm. a very mental thing. It is. And that's actually one of the things that I love focusing on is the mental piece because there is the mental... Um, hurdle of just getting out there and trying it when you're not good at it or it doesn't feel good to start. Right. I have um, people who laugh and think I'm um, not telling the truth when I say there is a runner's high, that you do actually feel this great elation. Um, and then it's actually something that you get almost addicted to and you want to go out and run. Right. Um, some people don't think that that's real, <laughs> but yeah. it, I, I swear <laughs> it is. Um, and then there is the, the discipline and the mental challenge of getting up and doing it on the days where you just don't feel like it. Right. You know, it's interesting to me when you talked about your shoulder mm-hmm. injury that swimming is so often recommended for people with injuries. And I would imagine that yep. swimming for, you know, for your a bad shoulder would be something that maybe somebody would recommend. So why was that not the case for you? So my shoulder injury really was um, a rotator cuff injury. And I think I probably could have... Um, overcome it with physical therapy and some some focus on rehabbing it right at the point. I think it went a little too far before we actually figured out what the problem was. Um, and now I can absolutely control it. So I think it's a, um, it, it really depends on the help you get along the way in any sport or discipline. So for swimming, it is a great activity for people. Um, and I've been reaching out to a lot of runners who have hip, shoulder, knee problems that are preventing them from actually continuing running right now or they need to take a break to say swimming is such a great form of exercise. Um, and, you know, the distances can be controlled, technique can be improved to avoid those kinds of injuries for shoulders, for swimmers specifically. Right. Tell me what you, how you feel about, um, I've spoken to many runners who, uh, especially older runners, who um, over time that constant Um, talk, talking about repetitive yeah. motion, um, they develop knee problems. So how do you, um, I guess, how do you feel about the fact that it is a repetitive motion? In one aspect, it's really good for you, but in the same, you you can develop those types of issues from doing it yep. for too many years. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And 
one of the things that I love is cross training so that you running is part of what I do, but it's not the only thing that I do. And for people who were runners their whole life, um, it's great to introduce another another outlet for exercise but it's hard when you're a runner you're a runner right um, and getting in the pool doesn't seem like a whole lot of fun but it really does actually help not only cardiovascularly but it really does help with some of the um, the skills that you need for other sports so by training in one sport you actually get better in, in many of them um, and then I think there are, are great uh, people you can have on your team and I say team um, with a smile on my face because I have a team I have a physician and I have a masseuse, uh, massage therapist people who actually help me along the way so things like hip alignment and knee alignment that generally will get out of place from doing those kinds of repetitive running um, movements or running cycling even things that you think well it's not an impact sport but you know muscles can get tight and and um, bones and joints can get out of place and so having somebody who can actually help with those um, alignment issues can really help so if it's something you're serious about I think finding people who can help you along the way is really important right do they actually work with you or do you refer out I, I mean, I, I work with them personally for my own health. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Um, and I'm, my massage therapist I've been telling everybody about because he, he really did kind of save me in my training last year. Good. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I see an osteopathic physician that helps with manipulations, and so making sure my hips are aligned. Um, I have two children. My body changed after having kids, and all of a sudden I had issues I never had before. Right. Um, and, and I had to find out what it was. And for me, it's really important to find somebody who says, you know, running's not for everybody. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, I won't accept that as an answer. So I found some great people who I do consider on my team. They know what my goal is. My goal is not to race this year or next year, but my goal is to do this for the rest of my life. So right. um, while I don't want to do anything that's, you know, overly damaging, I also don't want to just stop because, there, you know, there seems to be something in the way. Right. Let's talk about um, quickly before our break the um, Ironman sure. um, competition that mm -hmm. you competed in. That sounds unbelievable to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is unbelievable. And it was um, something I'm extremely proud of something that almost seems like a blip on the radar now, um, being almost a year uh, away from having done it. But it was it's a long-term goal, I think, if you've ever watched ABC Sports and seen the Iron Man on TV. I know I watched it when I was a child. Um, the, the stories, the things people overcome to do it. I mean, I cry every year. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> event. Um, and it is the longest um, distance triathlon before you get into ultra triathlons. Um, but it's something that I really wanted to conquer. And so uh, with my husband's encouragement, I signed up for Lake Placid um, in 2011 to race in 2012. And so I trained and raced that um, with lots of support and lots of encouragement. And um, and it's to me, it's it's another goal that I've, I set and overcame and was so great in giving me reminders of people who are taking on new challenges because it was new for me. I had different goals than my usual goals. Um, I struggled on the swim, which is something that uh, I'm a swimmer, so that was new for me. So I really feel like there was a lot of lessons I learned from that. Is it three-part? Is It, it is. So swim, uh, run, and Sw bike? Swim, bike, and run. Right. Yeah, and for the Ironman, it's a 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and a 26.2 run. So it's a long day. Wow. That's just so impressive <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, you know what? We're going to take a break for our sponsors. And when we come back, you speak a lot about goals. And I wanted to talk about that for a few minutes. Okay. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapists you trust. If you have separation or divorce in your current situation or future plans, you will not be alone in this journey when you hire divorce coach Sheila Brennan. She will guide you and provide important information about the process as well as personal support. With Sheila's help, you learn the skills and strategies to effectively manage your divorce. As your divorce coach, Sheila answers your questions, provides priceless advice, 
and offers the assistance you'll need in this uncertain and emotional time in your life. For a complimentary discovery session with Sheila, call 610-687-1414. That's 610-687-1414. Or find Sheila at BrennanDivorceCoach.com. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000 square foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show, saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are in the studio today with Marcy Gialdo, who is an endurance uh, training coach. And we're talking about all kinds of things that have to do with um, keeping fit on a daily basis and managing uh, both that with family. Um, well, right before the break, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about setting goals because I think um, it's so important in so many things that we do. But as far as uh, fitness and exercise, setting goals is really important. I agree. I agree. And I think that's actually um, one of the things I love about racing, whether you consider yourself a racer or not, is that it gives you a goal. So I have great um, appreciation for people who can just say, I'm going to do this because I want to be fit. Um, but I also understand that that daily commitment to yourself is hard and showing up on race day and not being prepared might be a better motivator to to keep you on track. So right. I find that racing, um, even just setting goals, if the goal is to finish and not, you know, to to race it per se, like you think somebody might race it to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's extremely important to start doing that even when you think you can't and then start building up. I think it builds confidence as well as keeps you on track with your goal. Right. Um, There were a couple of other things you did prior to um, becoming a coach, and uh, one was you were a teacher. Um, Tell me about those years teaching and how that kind of um, was relevant to what you're doing today. Yeah, I taught science to uh, a wide age range, uh, ninth graders when I lived in New Jersey and um, seventh and eighth graders when I lived in Los Angeles and um, elementary school children when I lived um, in San Francisco. And... I love teaching. I absolutely love it. And I love being around the children. And there are parts of it that didn't really work for me. And so what I thought in my mind as I left that as a career is that I will find a way to teach. It might not be in the traditional classroom, um, but there's something about helping people understand or learn something new that I find extremely exciting. So I do see a huge um, overlap in what I do now and teaching, even though it's um, doesn't look the same. <laughs> oh, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine it's it's very similar because, as you said, you're you're trying to help somebody else learn something, yep. and if that's what you're passionate about, um, you know, it's a great place to be. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I'm passionate about science and what I 
like about training too is it's it is science based and it isn't just you know Marcy thinks he should do this but there's a lot of great science behind um, both mechanics and goal setting there's mechanics behind uh, the mental training um, you know that goes into every good race day um, so there's a lot that I am really passionate about um, I'm not teaching about astronomy anymore right <laughs> <laughs> how the stars will align for you to race um, right but I, but I am really still focused on the science side of training so you incorporate that a lot when you're working with your clients you're not just you know teaching them the moves but you're actually discussing the science behind it yes and what I tell everybody is every workout has a purpose so there's a reason that we're going to do um, hill repeats so there's a reason why we're going to do intervals and the way your muscle adapts to those kinds of workouts will aid you as it goes on and so uh, what I tell people is if you ever have a question about why are we doing this today ask because right. if I can't explain to you why we're doing it, then I shouldn't be asking you to do it. Right. So that th it is really important that people understand sort of the the information behind what goes into the training. And not only that, I think when people understand the why, they're they're much more motivated. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the years you spent as web manager of the Academy of um, Ophthalmology. Yes. So that was my big transition. So when I left teaching, I was always doing some um, web work on the side. So when I was in college and when I was with the Institute of Marine and Coastal Sciences, I started working on some web projects with them. And so it was something I did as a hobby and something I did on the side. And as a teacher, it's what I did during the summer months. And then when I decided to leave teaching altogether, I, I worked for the American Academy of Ophthalmology um, in San Francisco in their offices there. And how did that job come about? Um, you know, it was a great transition because it was a nonprofit, and I couldn't present myself as a somebody who worked in web full-time for years. So I think in that kind of environment, they're willing to take a risk on somebody who has um, good credentials, but maybe not the exact um, pedigree of somebody who would get that job at a corporate uh, right. company. Right. Um, and so I remember the interview, and, and uh, the person who hired me was actually very um, impressed with the teaching skills that I had and thought between classroom management and um, being structured and organized that that actually translated well for what he needed in terms of general skills in addition to some of the web pieces as well. Okay. And then um, how did it come about that you, you left that job and um, became associated with the Alliance for a Healthier Generation? Yeah. So I actually, the, the Academy of Ophthalmology moved me from, or I moved myself from San Francisco back to the East Coast to be closer to family. Okay. And they allowed me to work remotely. And so first it was um, on a contract basis, and then it was part-time, and then it was full-time. So I ended up working out of a home office, and it was right around that time that I also started having um, my family. So it worked well. I had a babysitter who would come to the house, and I was present for my children, but somebody else was in charge, and I could do my work, and it, and it was great. Plus, they uh, flew me to San Francisco every few months, so I got to go back to the, the city that I loved so much. Um, and then after a while, I really felt like I wanted to connect what I was doing to something that had a purpose closer to what I loved, and so I found the Alliance for a Healthier Generation um, through my sister, Nora, who said, did you hear about that organization? And I just happened to look them up, and they were hiring um, another web manager. So it sort of took what I knew how to do and, and moved it towards an organization whose um, goal is to eliminate childhood obesity. Right, right. And that's um, that was big for me. And so I thought if I could take those skills, and it's still behind-the-scenes work. I'm not out in the field with everybody, but use my skills towards a mission that I felt strongly about, right. um, that that was something that I would I would want to do. And they were also a home-based organization where virtual, um, most employees are, work virtually for them. So it's, it's nationwide, but they have... Uh, employees in every state in in, in every state um, we, we are present in every state some employees cover multiple states um, there's a schools program which is a huge component of it mm -hmm. and those uh, staff members are are covering all 50 states um, and schools in all 50 states and then we have our headquarters in Portland Oregon and an office in New York and DC okay but otherwise everybody else is is local you know as I was reading about the organization it was it was amazing. I know the statistics are high for childhood obesity, yeah. but I had no idea that, um, according to the to the figures I was reading, one in every three children are considered obese. What do you think is going on? Yeah, it's what's amazing is there's there's no one piece of it, which is 
what I love about the organization, it tackles it from all different aspects. Um, I think there's a lot of reports that show children are not as active as they were. I know that there's um, the prevalence of food that's not as healthy as it could be. I know that there are food deserts even here in Philadelphia where fresh produce and food are not available to people. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, and what the organization does, it really tries to tackle um, issues that happen at school and trying to provide healthier food and more physical activity out of school, at homes, what physicians can do. So really, I think there's no one contributing factor. Right. But right now, it's at a turning point where we have to use several different avenues to actually stem the tide. Right. Rather than trying to figure out what exactly is happening, it, it is all encompass encompassing. I think it's, yeah. it's so many different things going on. And so if you, you can address, you know, what you can, it's going to make a difference rather than just, you know, do nothing and try to figure out what, what's the cause. Right. And, and we're not, the organization is not in the blame game. So everybody has a seat at the table, mm -hmm. whether it's a member of industry or a healthcare provider or a parent. So we can all be part of the solution and children too. So there's a youth advisory board that they have and, and children actually are part of the solution. They should have a voice in, in um, their own lives and the health of their themselves and their peers. So we do a lot to incorporate lots of different aspects to present the, the positive side, the healthy options and the physical activity options that are out there, uh, like you're saying, instead of trying to figure out and, and blame and see what's wrong with what's currently there, we're just trying to give kids a better chance at healthier choices. Right. And, you know, it seems to me that the battle for, for offering healthy foods in the schools has been going on for so long. I can't quite figure out why it's taking so long. It makes yeah. so much sense to me. Yeah. And... I can't uh, claim to be an expert at all, but the inside look that I get at what goes on in our organization just shows how complex all the issues are. Right. Um, it, from people who supply food to purchase food to the children have to choose it. You know, there's so many different uh, aspects that go into creating a healthier uh, meal for, for children. But we are actually looking at a lot of those options, which is, which is great because when the people are offered better choices to buy and the choices that are also offered have been kid tested and are things that they're likely going to eat and not just throw in the trash. Right. Um, this feels like we're moving in the right direction. Right. And not only that, it's uh, no one can argue that when you're eating healthy, you're you know, you're going to learn better. As far as the children in school, eat, not eating junk food, they're going to be much more alert and motivated and open to learning. Yeah, there is definitely an association between. Uh, sleep and good grades as well as healthy eating and good grades. Right. You mentioned, I know you have two children. You mm -hmm. have a boy and a girl. I wonder what types of things you, you talk to them about as far as fitness and, and eating healthy. How do you yeah. keep them motivated? Um, you know, they're I think it's just a, a lifestyle and you know we we look at food um we like to cook together um, my daughter likes to garden with me so i think just really having a conversation about all the different choices we make um we look at food labels and we've learned how to read food labels and not necessarily to say that's good or that's bad but just to know what things say and what it means um and we talk about healthy snack choices and there's just food on hand that i would want them to eat doesn't mean we don't have any junk food in the house that's not the case because I don't think I should deprive um, them of any choice but there's a time for that and there's a time for for other food that's more healthy right um, and so those are the kinds of conversations that we have and then just being active it's it's just part of our life um, and what I I love is that they get to see me do this not because I have to or um, because it's something, you know, even because it's a paying job, it's something that I really love doing. Right. And so they actually enjoy the fact that I do that. My daughter started to do some uh, short runs with me last year. And, you know, it's it's great. She's only, well, she's almost nine. Um, but, you know, she, she really likes being active. She's not competitive. She, she has fun with it. But I think there's something about being with mom that's also really fun for her, too. Yeah. Tell me some of the challenges you face um, on a daily basis with staying motivated because mm -hmm. not only, you know, are now you're your own um, business owner, yep. really, yep. Um, but what you do is, is physically demanding. Yeah. What are some of the challenges you face with that? Um, I think my challenges are similar to a lot of people in that, um, you know, there's almost never enough hours in the day. Um, if I'm not scheduled, if I don't make a plan, um, things don't happen. Right. Um, and when you have two kids and, um, you know, a full life, there's things that just happen that sort of get in the way of right. what you really wanted to do. 
Um, and sometimes it's being flexible and saying, okay, well, I, you know, I, I couldn't get up at five this morning and run because you know somebody wasn't sleeping well last night and I can't do it, but I'll run at eight. Um, and sometimes you have to say, you know, it just doesn't fit for today, but that doesn't mean tomorrow's a wash. You know what I mean? So I think there's an ongoing dialogue I have in terms of um, being okay when things don't go exactly as as planned. Right. Um, the weather's never perfect. You know, I mean, there's all sorts of things that go into it. Um, Clients call and cancel yeah, and change. Exactly. And I think, um, you know, the thing that keeps me motivated a lot is training partners and having people around who um, are going to meet me on a day that is still dark after daylight saving started. And right. um, it's chillier than you really want to deal with right now. But there's somebody waiting for you. Um, on Kelly Drive, and you're not going to let them down. Right. So right. that, to me, um, is is probably the most motivating factor of all is just being around people who are also doing that. Um, and when it's chilly and rainy, and you just think I'd rather not, you think, except I know they're going to be there. Right. <laughs> so you have people that hold you accountable. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I am, I can hold myself accountable for a lot, but you know we're all fallible, and we all decide that you know today I just don't feel like it. Right. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, and again, I know that y you said you're not an expert in, you know, what's going on, I guess, on the federal level with um, regulations for food and, and in the schools. But um, what the ma I wonder how you feel about trying to battle um, the manufacturers that are making the foods that we know are just adding no value to our life. Right. You know, um, how... Can we individually make a difference there? That's a great question. And um, the Alliance for a Healthier Generation was founded by President Clinton. And one of the uh, great things I've heard him say, and I've gotten to hear him speak several times, when he talks about industries is he says, I'm not asking anybody to not make money. I'm just asking you to make it differently. And so I do think there's a conversation that we can have around um, products that fit with what we want better than um, the products perhaps that are currently available. So um, I'm not out to put anybody out of business or right. anything like that, but I do right. think that there are um, changes that can be made and companies have made changes and there's been companies who have changed specifically around guidelines that the Alliance has created. Mm -hmm. So I do think once the option is put out there or the request is put out there that we're not satisfied with this and we want to actually have something that's healthier, um, that there have been companies that are willing to respond. Not all companies, for sure. And then I think it comes down to personal choice. Um, I, as one person who decide not to buy something because it's not what I want myself to eat or my family to eat, might not make a difference. But I do believe that there's enough people right now that are really looking and, and dissecting labels and thinking about um, what's what's in a product. I know there's lots of great images out now about how much sugar is contained in different beverages. Um, I think New York City was one of the first places that banned trans fats in restaurants. So there are there are people who are stepping up and saying, take a look at this, and for your own personal knowledge, here's what you have to make your choice. But I think the more people that are knowledgeable in making choices about how much either um, sugar we put in our body or um, other unnatural products, that we just decide that that's not for me. Yeah, yeah, so small steps do matter. And do. I, I remember, I don't know when it was that all of a sudden we were being told, you know, you really should look at the labels. Mm -hmm. And and my first instinct was, oh, geez, you know, that's going to take forever if I have to turn <laughs> over every product right. in the supermarket and read the label. And actually now I just do it by habit. I don't even think about it. And it's just a matter of, you know, how many grams of sugar is in this, right. you know, and putting it back and finding, uh, you know, an alternative that doesn't have as much. Right. It turned out to be not that difficult. It's not. And I mean, my kids at six and eight, it's almost like a game where they can, you know, can you find this on here and can you find that? And, you know, beyond even just the the macronutrients, but if you look at the vitamins, all of a sudden they say, hey, this has vitamin A in it. Or they, you know, they notice those kinds of things. And again, I'm not um, trying to do it to demonize any <laughs> uh, nutrient value itself, but to really say, let's let's think about what's in here. Right. And then that helps us make a better choice. Right. So right. if you learn it at six, that's right. That's your life. And that's, that's what right. you know. Yes. And fortunately for my kids, they did learn it at yeah. six. <laughs> you know, I didn't. It took me a little bit longer, but. Me too. Um, okay. We're going to take another uh, quick break. And when we come back, I want to hear all about this services that you offer and, and what it is you do with your clients. Great. News Talk 1180WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. Want your home to look great for company from out of town? Moving to a new place? 
or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. In today's marketplace, with the number of devices being used to access information online, it's more important than ever to have a web presence, no matter what industry you are in. Click Canyon is a local marketing agency that is focused on providing online marketing strategies and solutions for small businesses. Successful businesses realize the power of not only being found when searched for, but to also communicate with their potential customers and turn them into recurring business. Click Canyon helps small businesses click to be found, connect through conversation, and convert to paying customers. To connect with us, call 484-265-1064 or find us at clickcanyon.com. What woman out there is not tired of the department store shopping experience? Unkept dressing rooms, no customer service, and never being able to find the right size. This is your answer. Come shop with us. We are best dressed, and we are the most exciting new way to shop the beautiful private label of W by Worth. If you're tired of wearing only 20% of your clothing 80% of the time, wardrobe building is a must, and we can show you how to do that and save money. Best Dressed is a business that offers a luxury brand of clothing that will forever be in your closet and always your favorite thing to wear. For the absolute best customer service, easy purchasing and returns, personal custom fitting, and shopping when it's most convenient for you, please contact Best Dressed at 215-266-5680. And be sure to view the spring collection at wbyworth.com. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, My name is Susan Rocco, and I'm here at WFYL 1180 on Women to Watch. And in the studio today, I have Marcy Gialdo, who is an endurance training coach. And uh, I'd like to, to um, end the show with talking about exactly what it is that Marcy does for clients and what types of services she offers and, and, and what they do on a day-to-day basis. So let's start. You know, first I'd like to know, how did you find your first client? Oh, that's um, kind of easy because uh, my first clients were people I knew. Um, and so people who knew that I love the sport and um, I've actually been volunteering in a lot of ways. So I have um, for the past three years uh, prior to this one been a She Rocks mentor, which is a women's triathlon race in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm the team coach for Team Healthier Generation. So I started getting into uh, volunteering to train people. And then from there, you know, friends and family kind of come through and say, you know, I've been thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> or I know someone. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And then I started uh, coaching swimming. And when you coach swimming um, for adults, there are a lot of triathletes in there. Um, and so one of my current swimmers um, was the first to sign up with the triathlon team that I just started for women. Um, so I've been working with her for a while. And um, for over a year now, I through swimming and then through actually she rocks. I was her mentor, mm-hmm. and then um, we've, I guess, uh, just had a great relationship. So she was the first to sign up and has brought people she knows on board as well. That's great. Yeah. So tell me what someone will come to you, contact you, and, yep. and um, I guess it depends on what type of training they're looking for yep. because you do all types of exercise. Um, but what types of things are you doing for them that are different from them? you know, joining a gym, let's say? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's um, really what I like to work on is a goal with people, which a gym would do as well. And But this is usually around um, some kind of endurance training. So whether it's running, cycling, swimming, something along those lines, or triathlon. Um, and not always, but usually somebody has a goal or a race in mind. Um, 
I do have the occasional person who contacts me because they want to be more fit and they want to run and it's really reminiscent to wh why I started running in the first place mm -hmm. um, and so what we do is we just talk about what their goals are what their life is like um, what their barriers might be what success looks like to them and, and I really try and understand where they're coming from in order to be able to create a plan that works for them in their life right so I think the biggest thing for me and what I offer is that it's meant it's meant to be for you specifically. No two people are the same. No two lives are the same. No two goals are the same. Um, so to just give somebody a plan and say, you should just do this and you'll be successful would never work. Um, and while I'm very happy to train people for specific events, my underlying hope is that this becomes part of their life. Right. And if you thought it was too hard, how does anybody ever get this training in? Um, and people have very difficult circumstances, way more difficult than I can say I have. Um, it becomes a challenge to figure out how do you how do you incorporate it um, when you work really long hours when you're a single parent um, when you have a, a full-time demanding job there's there's so many different factors that go into it and mm -hmm. so really what it, it's almost like a, a puzzle to me sort of how, how do you make that work so that somebody actually enjoys it and it's not a chore or something that's added on to what they have to do because that's a a recipe for disaster right, right there. because we all have too many things to do we already do. so you're really developing a very customized plan for each client yes yeah um, I think that's great because it, as you said everyone has different obstacles some are maybe family obligations mm -hmm. um, work uh, obligations physical maybe yep. um, things that are holding them back so um, let me ask you about you know venturing off um, away from the alliance, I guess, and starting your own business, it takes, you know, it takes some courage to do that. And uh, I wonder if there was anybody who was supportive of you and, and kind of helping you to launch the business. It is a business. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I'll, I'll say this is, um, you know, 100 times harder than the Ironman training for me is to go ahead and do this um, and start a new venture. Um, and I would say the first uh, and biggest supporter I have is my husband who just thinks this is what you love to do and this is what you should be doing. Um, and there's a finite time we have here. So what are you right. waiting for? That's right. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. It is true. Um, and sometimes it's hard to hear because there's a lot of reasons to sort of stay where you're comfortable. Um, and what I found, though, is that I was doing this on the side and at the end of a long work day and I go and I coach swim clients in the evening, that last hour from seven to eight at night is my best of the day. Right. Um, and so that's really what I want my daily life to be like. And I, I love the work that I do with the Alliance and I love the work that they do. I really want to be more in contact with the people who I'm helping um, to make a difference. Yeah. Tell, uh, let's talk a little bit about how you make use of social media. You sure. actually were doing that for a living and, yep. you know, you can't have a business today without it. No. What types of things do you do? Yeah. So I actually, um, what I started um, when I became the official coach for Team Healthier Generation is that I started a Twitter account. And that's really been my um, endurance training face um, for almost a year now mm -hmm. and that was really intentional to say you know in the world of endurance sports there's people who I want to follow and there's people who um, I would like to create a following with and get the word out there um, and because that tends to spread so quickly I don't think you need a huge following to actually start reaching large masses right um, you use Facebook now personally but not professionally so okay. I have not started a professional Marcy Gialdo page um, and that's mostly because of the time it would take to actually build a base there mm -hmm. um, and so I, I'll, abs I'll absolutely get there but yeah, for now I, I started on Twitter okay I'm think because I'm thinking for Facebook it's so visual and there's wonderful <laughs> things you could you know incorporate before and afters and yes maybe you know some of the uh, the classes and yep all kinds of you know updates on your clients and what they're doing yeah absolutely and I think um, as the team starts to grow um, and the client base starts to grow I think then that would be a great base to start my Facebook following and then have have information there it's also great to create events um, to get the word out to um, people and then for them to share as well right around specific training um, that you're offering or swim clinics um, so there's a lot of great uses for it um, I do find that people are oftentimes saturated yes and I know as a business page with Facebook, rules change all the time. Um, and so in order for people to even see your message, 
messaging, you know, there's there's different things that have to happen. So right, those right. are kind of the kernels of knowledge I take from my current um, life is, um, or, you know, the past 15 years of my life of, of being in web and social media. So there's, there's things that I know that I have to have um, established before it's going to be successful. Yeah, that's great. That's smart, you know, to not just kind of do it because it's the thing to do and not re- be right. ready to put some valuable information out there. Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely spend more time with Facebook. Um, I really like Twitter for some of the... Um, the great people that you can follow. So, you know, I'm personally not friends with uh, Chrissy Wellington, who's an amazing triathlete um, champion. Um, but you get little glimpses into what she's thinking um, or things that she's doing or, you know, words of wisdom from lots of different great coaches that are out there. So uh, for me, I find a lot of inspiration that I can pass on. Um, but it, it just sort of keeps me motivated and to see who's out there and, and what they're doing. So right, to kind right. of keep on top of your sport, um, the training, motivational, absolutely. you know, tips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of great people doing amazing things and a lot of people in this area too. So I think it's it's kind of nice to sort of even gauge what the competition is doing and, yeah. and know what they're offering and and just kind of use it as some market research. Right. And then of course LinkedIn is a great just for specifically professional um you know, having your information and contact information. Right. I think that's a great site. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um and and I've yet to see LinkedIn um from a coaching perspective. Um Previously, working in web and technology, it was really an effective tool to use. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now sort of transitioning into coaching and and endurance training to see what kind of um, links there are on LinkedIn. Yeah, and sometimes they have some wonderful discussions. Mm -hmm. Uh, They start discussions and you can join in with that and just be learning from someone else, as you said, that maybe you don't know personally. Right. And when you're starting a business, for me, so much of it is the things I don't know. So um, not necessarily even related to coaching, but around business and business topics. And so I do think that there's great networks that you can find there. Um, LinkedIn is great for finding people who you didn't know <laughs> could, right. could, you know, help help you out. And, right. and I think that's probably the biggest benefit to, to social media. And what I found is there's such a great base and I've got such great friends and followers that it's... Um, it's almost like building a little army, you know, the, this person can help with this aspect and, and especially working a lot with women. I do feel like there's a great camaraderie around helping each other out. Definitely. Um, you know, we I should ha- say thank you to Jean for hooking yes. us up together. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, she's, she looks out for, for women more than anybody else she I does. know. She yes. does. Um, you know what, we're going to backtrack just a bit because I did want to ask you, you have a, a wonderful husband who's a photographer and yes. I wonder if you can tell me how you two met. Sure. Um, One of my closest friends growing up um, and my maid of honor at my wedding started um, her first job at the same company where he was working. Um, And they were in sales. And so they were just a really fun group of people to go out and and hang out with um, when I was teaching. And so they would be down in Atlantic City or they would go out to New York. And um, so I ended up hanging out with her and her group of friends quite a bit. And so I met him through her. Um, unfortunately, I had decided that I'd be moving to California. <laughs> so <laughs> threw um, a wrench in it a little bit. Yep, yeah, um, but that was sort of I knew that all along. Um, but in the short time we had together, it was enough to to make a great connection. And so um, a year of distance, and then a big move for him to go across country, and and then we lived in San Francisco and were married, and then moved back here. But um, all thanks to my friend Carrie Ann. There you go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is does he do? Uh, um, commercial photography or or what types of photography does he do yeah he does more portrait photography um and what was great was for my lake placid training um is that he actually did more like photojournalism and he documented my year of training which was the greatest well maybe besides my children um and the photographs was the greatest gift ever because it really was um not glamorous (laughs) every day you know the consistency the monotony like you were talking about of getting up and going out and doing it and then of course you photograph the day so um, I would say he does portraiture, but I do think he's a, he's great at doing some photojournalistic stuff, too. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to take a few minutes to, to give some advice to the listeners, uh, the women that are at a place where you were, where you were thinking of making a change mm-hmm. and making a career out of what you're passionate about. As I, I always say this, I think it takes a lot of courage to do that, because typically what we're passionate about, we feel should just kind of be a hobby right. and not necessarily a business. So um, what what bit of advice could you give someone who's listening to take that first step? I think the advice I would have is to to sit quietly and, and listen to what your your instincts say. Um, I've 
I've struggled a lot with the decision. Um, I'm, I'm a play it safe kind of person. I take risks in certain places, but you know, this, this affects my entire family, this kind of change. So, right. um, I think being able to be, um, absolutely content with the decision and know that on a daily basis, I will be doing something that makes me happy, which in a positive way impacts my entire family too, right. because it could be exhausting work and I could be on my feet for all day long. And I do it with a smile on my face. And when I come home, I just feel like I have so much energy um, and so much to share, things I want to share with my children about. Uh, I'm always impressed with the people I work with. It doesn't matter what their goal is. They're out there and they're trying. Right. And right. to me, that just is so inspiring. And I feel uplifted by it. And, I'm, and I share. That's the kind of information I want to share with everybody, um, whether it's my kids and tell them about a great person I met or um, a runner who just, a friend of mine who was just competing in the Ironman in Los Cabos. Here's the things that I want them to hear and know that people are out there doing great things for them for themselves right every right. single day and so I think for me the, the way I feel when I'm doing that work and the way I translate that into um, everything that happens after that really made made a big difference in the decision of of what work I wanted to do right C- can you share a story uh, maybe of one of your uh, clients that was really inspirational sure sure um, so I think uh, this woman, Anne, who I, who's been swimming with me, she um, actually had been doing triathlons and some small races, and then she did She Rocks, and we actually raced the same race together. And um, one of the things I love about triathlon is everybody, everybody can do it, and you have to write. They mark you with your number, and they mark you with your age on the back of your leg. So you know how old everybody is. Really? Really? (laughs) All right. I'm not doing that. No, (laughs) I can't tell you how inspiring it is. Um, And so um, I don't know Anne's exact age off the top of my head, but I would say that she's in her 50s and she's a new time racer and she's taken this on. Um, And to see somebody like that go out and race with childhood friends and complete her race. I mean, I couldn't wait to see her when she was finished to see how the whole race came together and to be able to... Um, in some small way contribute to the success of her um, race or the way she felt in the race is exactly why I do this. Yeah. You know what? I think sometimes, excuse me, the the older people, the older generation that get into it late in life are the most inspirational because, you know, they've lived their whole life, maybe not exercising or not doing, you know, paying attention. And now they they decide it's not too late. I love that. And and I love seeing them with their grown children supporting them on race day. I mean, I love the new moms with young children, but um, there's something about people who are my age um, with, you know, I'm here to support my mom on their shirt. Yeah, I love Um, that. And it's it's inspiring, I think, for, for everybody. It is. Well, that's, um, we're running out of time, we're running out of, you know, at the end of the show. And I just wanted you to quickly give your contact information for someone who's listening that wants to give you a call and get started. Sure. Um, so you can reach me on my phone, which is 610-909-8828. And you can also find me on my website, which is Marcy Gialdo, M-A-R-C-Y-G-I-A-L-D-O.com. Okay. That's it. Thanks so much, Marcy. Thank you. It was a great show today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's Women to Watch. And again, my name is Susan Rocco, and I'm here every week on WFYL 1180. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. Wearing on my shoulders You're the fun